Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Yeah, so good. So many things that the Lord is continuing to do in uh, this time, this season. We are certainly not locked down. <laughs> and uh, so I uh, appreciate the team. Just a wonderful contribution from so many people as we journey together. We continue to grow, develop, and mature in Him. So, uh, yeah, I want to encourage you to take advantage of the various opportunities to, to be involved and to allow the Lord to be working in you and through you during this time. Yeah, so good. Well, I want to continue this morning just uh, sharing a little bit about the Lord raising up the valleys. And uh, do you remember some weeks back we were looking in Isaiah chapter 40 and basically that the Lord was going to bring the mountains down but he was going to raise up the valleys and so we we took a few moments to to look at some of the different valleys that we might be facing in our lives uh, we looked at the valley of um, of visions and uh, you know sometimes they're false visions there's some false places that people go to uh, but the Lord wants us to go to him and uh, so in this time of you know, fake news and so many voices that are speaking, we need to be going to the Lord to hear what He has to say for us. We, we looked at the valley of decision, how the Lord was coming to make decisions of deliverance for His people. He was going to make decisions against the, the ungodly as well. Uh, so there was all this kind of stuff that was going on. That's one of the valleys. There was also this valley of, uh, of trouble and that the Lord was going to turn it into a door of hope. He was going to give us a place of rest that we were going to come out the other side of this place of, of trouble. That he turns it around. We looked at the valley of darkness, the valley of the shadow of death. And that we don't stay there. That even when we're in our darkest place, uh, our emotionally difficult times, God is going to bring us through. And he gives us promises. He gives us hope that there is a future for us. And lastly, we looked at the Valley of Salt, uh, the deepest valley on the planet, uh, the valley down there in the Dead Sea. And this was a place where, where David actually became famous. And so out of the challenges, God turns things around and he causes us to be successful in him. And he gets great glory and honor by turning things around. And so we, in a sense, uh, we gain the victory with him. I love Psalm 60, which says that God, with God, we will gain the victory. And even if we're facing these deep valleys, these tough situations, God wants to encourage us that he's with us, that he's in the process of raising up the valleys. So I want to look at another valley with you this morning. We want to go to the valley of dry bones. And uh, Ezekiel the prophet, he was the one who uh, had this particular encounter with the Lord. So just before we jump into this, there's a little bit of a tie with where we've been in the previous months. Remember, we were looking at what God was saying to his people through the whole context of exile and captivity. And how the Lord had spoken words that were exactly what God's people needed to hear as they were going through the tough, long, extended lockdown. And so in all of this, God has got a word for us. He's hoping 
um, not he's hoping, he's, he's wanting us to grab a hold of him because he's the God of hope. And he's trying to communicate to us that he has got a plan. And even though we see the rise and the fall of nations, and we see things shaking all around, that God himself is not shaken. In fact, he even prophesies long before things happen, and he calls God's people towards himself that we might be able to see and discern when we're in it what's actually happening, and then we can also hear his voice that's going to pull us through the other side. So Ezekiel was one of the prophets who was taken off into captivity when Jerusalem was attacked by the Babylonians, and he was one of those early waves that went through. And uh, at that point, he was still hoping, he was still um, trusting that the Lord would be merciful because Jerusalem itself and the temple has not been destroyed. It was only at the end of the, at the third wave that Jerusalem was completely um, done away with. And then the word of the Lord comes to Ezekiel on the other side of this, he's stuck there in Babylon, and the Lord begins to speak to him words not of judgment, but words of consolation, words of hope, words that would give to the people of God a perspective of what was going to happen in the future. And so we see in Ezekiel chapter 37, and I'm going to be using the New Living Translation. It's a bit of a paraphrase, so it'll be sounding a little different from the NIV. It says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. All right, so the hand of the Lord was on me. Ezekiel had an amazing spirit encounter the hand of the Lord was on him the spirit of the Lord lifted him up and took him and put him in the middle of a valley he's having the most profound God encounter and he's stuck in lockdown he's in exile he's in Babylon what I want to draw out of this thing is that even if you're feeling like you're stuck even if you're feeling like everything is conspiring against you. If you thought that you could only have a God encounter when you were in the church building. That was the kind of thinking that they had. They would have ex expected God to come and visit them in the temple in Jerusalem. So you've got God's holy people in the holy land, in the holy city, in the holy temple. I mean, it gets holy, right? And so the expectation is that God could only meet you at one place. But here we have Ezekiel. He's hundreds of miles away. He's, he's thousands of 2,000 kilometers away. And he's having a God encounter by the Spirit. Whew, we had a God encounter in the studio here. <laughs> and so God lifts him up. And puts him into a particular context that he might get revelation. He might get some understanding as to what's going on with the nation, with God's people, in the middle of this hectic lockdown. I mean, it's going on for 70 years, for goodness sake. 
You know, what are we supposed to do? God, have you abandoned us? You, you know, you're not ever going to speak to us. No. In the middle of the most challenging circumstances, God is still meeting with his people and they're having the most profound spiritual encounters. I want to encourage you. This is a year for encountering the Lord. This is a year, even if you find yourself in a valley, if you find yourself in a difficult situation, God is with you. And you can experience and encounter him. You know, when Ezekiel, he uses this phrase about six times throughout his, his, uh, his writings. He talks about the hand of the Lord being on him. It's not physically that God is like, you know, trying to push him down. No, it's an expression to say that he was having an overwhelming, tangible experience, supernatural presence of God all over him. Yay! This is the living God, the God who was, who is, and is to come. The same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the same God. From the Old Testament through the New Testament, the same God. God the Spirit, the Ruach, the breath of God. And so Ezekiel's having an encounter with Ruach, the breath of God, the Holy Spirit. And, and we see that this now then comes into the most incredible transitionary vision, if you like, where God intervenes. And he intervenes in the vision because he's wanting to speak about what he's going to do to intervene in the lives of God's people. How the Spirit of God is going to come. You see, this wasn't just about Ezekiel having an encounter just for himself. But there was something that was to prophesy to the whole company of people that would give them a sense of hope and a promise that God is doing something. Even if we're in this valley, God is doing something. All right? So let's get back to the scripture. The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. So these are, this is the valley of dry bones. Okay, And the Lord leads him up and down, shows him all these things. God is okay with us seeing the facts. Faith does not deny reality. All that faith does, it looks to a greater reality. It looks to what God can do when he intervenes in a situation. So we don't play some crazy mental gymnastic thing like, oh, I'm not even going to see it and I'm just going to ignore it. No, the spirit of the Lord actually took him up and down so he could see the entire valley filled, littered, covered, a multitude, bones, it says they were very dry, extremely, exceedingly dry, some of the translations say. In other words, this is a hopeless situation. This is not just coming across a corpse and you know what, if we do some you know, mouth to mouth and some CPR, maybe we can bring this corpse back to life again. None of that. These are very, very dry bones. And I, I want you to notice that no matter how hopeless your situation appears. God still has the final say. And so God even asks Ezekiel, he says, can these bones live? 
And Ezekiel answers in, uh, in verse 3, you alone know the answer. God, you alone. And so we don't need the experts to give us the final word. No, we need God's word as the final word. Lord, what are you saying about my family? What are you saying about the relationships that I find myself in? Maybe something's gone toxic. Maybe something is absolutely shattered and broken. Maybe someone is causing you a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. God can come into that relationship. Maybe it's your business. Maybe the Lord gave you something to do. You've been stewarding it to the best of your ability. But this thing is just looking like dry bones. It's not coming about. It doesn't appear to be fruitful. No matter how hard it looks, if the Lord has spoken clearly to you, do not be dismayed. The Lord alone knows the final outcome of these matters. And the prophetic words that he gives to us gives us an indication of how he's wanting us to progress through this valley that we might come out on the other side. The prophetic words are there to pull us through the tough times. Yes, very often God speaks beforehand so that when contradictory circumstances arise, we can know this is not the final resting place. This is not the destination. Let's keep moving with the Spirit of God until we see what God has said about the situation actually coming to fulfillment. Come on, I'm getting encouraged here. I trust you are as well. So, verse 4. The Lord says, prophesy, speak this message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Isn't that interesting? There's a declaring... There's a speaking life and hope into the dry bones. There's a putting voice to what you've heard. This is crucial. You know, we, we're hearing in our hearts. We have an impression in our spirit. We're reading the word. God speaks to us. We, we're, we're listening. We're hearing. But there needs to come a point where we begin to release the voice of God. That we align ourselves with the Spirit of God. As God begins to speak through us. It's as though God is speaking. And just as the beginning in Genesis, He said, let there be. It's as we begin to align our voice with the voice of God. We're releasing those sound waves into the environment, into the atmosphere that releases the life of God to bring about the creative aspects of what His Word is all about. And so there's a speaking it out, not just, oh, well, you know, if I just pray silently. Well, there's, there's times for that, but there's a lot more in Scripture, many more occurrences about praying aloud, about crying out to the Lord, about speaking up, about declaring. And so we want to align ourselves with God. We want to release vibrations, if you like, 
into the airwaves, into the atmosphere, combined with faith that releases the creative um, energy of the creator into those words. So he said, speak, prophesy, declare, release a prophetic message. Verse 5. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. You're going to live again. I'm going to put breath in you. Verse 6. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Oh, God's beginning to give a promise of hope. The end point of all of this is that you will know that God is at work. Each one of us has got a testimony. How God has come through for us. And the interesting thing is that almost every testimony starts with a difficulty. I was facing a challenge. Prayed to the Lord. He said something. He did something. And everything is different. This is how I know God is involved in my life because things changed. But it started with an obstacle. It started with a valley. It started with a difficulty. God is going to use this time of valley, this valley of dry bones. He's going to turn things around and he's going to use it, create a powerful testimony in your life. Verse 7, so I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves complete. And they came as skeletons. Then, as I watched it, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover these bodies. But they still had no breath in them. Verse 9, then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies that they may live again. Now in the Hebrew, the root word for wind and spirit and breath, it's the same. It's the same word. And so the Ruach, the breath of God, the Spirit of God, he, he begins to breathe into these bodies. We see a couple of things here, quite interesting. Firstly, from the four winds. And, and we see, you know, from the north and the south and the east and the west. But it also, in biblical imagery, speaks of completeness, of every quarter, every sphere of the earth that the wind is coming. In other words, God is involved, he's covering the whole earth with this thing of completeness. The other thing to recognize is this two-step, uh, two phases to this miracle. And it speaks to us of Genesis right at the very beginning when God formed man out of the dust of the earth. There he was. And the second phase was, and then he breathed into him. And so these bodies have come together, these bones have come, there's tendons, there's muscles, there's skin. That's the first phase. And then God says, now let's declare a second time, let's prophesy again. Breathe, the breath, the ruach, an infusion 
of the Spirit of God. Are you catching this? A <laughs> couple of things. It's absolutely encouraging to me that when we pray into a situation, even though God said, listen, prophesy that these may come alive, part of it was fulfilled in the first prayers, the first declaration. And God said, now come again for the, the full implica- uh, implementation. If at first we do not see things turned around, do not give up, don't become hopeless, don't give in to despair, hear the voice of the Lord again, be attentive to Him saying, do it again. And watch the Lord complete things. There may be stages to the recovery. There may be some signs of life, but not completely. Don't give up. Trust the Lord. Let's go for it with Him. We might need to pray and prophesy and declare again, but we're going to see things turned around. Hallelujah. Verse 10, so I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies and they all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Oh, the army of God arising, the people of God arising, no longer slain, no longer dead, no longer conquered and defeated, but now standing up, rising up as a victorious army. God is our commander in chief. We know right at the very end of times, he's coming with a vast throng and he's coming to completely you know, do away with his enemies. Hallelujah. We part of the army of God. So we put on the full armor of God. We go for it, right? We're, we're, uh, we're called into battle. We're involved with spiritual warfare. We're, we're, we're in this, this fight between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. You know, we're part of this army, right? So rise up soldiers, warriors, army of God, rise up, yeah? And so the Spirit of God is coming to breathe life and hope and courage into us. We no longer those dead bones. Elijah gets, uh, sorry, Ezekiel gets an amazing uh, insight here in verse 11. And this is how we know that this applies to us and the whole context of captivity and lockdown. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel, the people of God. They are saying we have become old Dry bones, all hope is gone, our nation is finished. Oh my goodness, did you see that? We feel like we're all dried out, like our bones are completely dried out. We have no hope, hope is gone, vanished, disappeared. There is no more hope, it has perished. In other words, it's worn out. We've been worn out and worn down. We have no hope for the future. This is what the people were feeling. This is what they were thinking. This is what they were saying. God was saying, listen, I've got a better word. You're not going to remain this valley, this multitude of dry bones. I'm coming to turn things around. So this valley, this is God's people who's saying, we've been cut off. 
We've been removed from our land. We've been removed from the promises of God, the prophetic words that God's spoken. We've been cut off from it. We've been separated because of lockdown. We have no hope. Our nation is finished. Oh my goodness. Does that not hit you between the eyes? So many people looking at what's going on in the land right now and saying, our nation is done, finished, bankrupt, no more hope. This is exactly the position that God's people found themselves in in this extended lockdown when they were in captivity in Babylon. They were, they were you know, the, the fake news, the false news, all of this, this stuff was just designed to keep them in a place of perpetual despair and fear and just, you know, throwing in the towel. God says something different. I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to breathe in you. You're going to be restored. I'm going to raise you up. You're going to become a mighty army. This sense of being dry bones, this is not the end. Hallelujah. Yay. All right. We're heading, heading forward the end now. Therefore prophesy, verse 12, say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. The resurrection God is speaking a word of resurrection. I will open up the graves. I will bring you up from the dead. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to put resurrection life inside of you. Now, there's an implication spiritually that those who are spiritually dead are going to come alive again. But there's also the sense in which God is breathing life into dead, hopeless situations. You might be looking at your bank account and saying, it's very dry. It's not just dry, John. It's very dry. It's just bones. There's nothing there. All my savings are gone it's just uh, dead, hopeless. God's wanting to speak a word of resurrection to you. He's going to bring you out from that place of being in debt, that place of bondage where you feel like I'm dead and buried. God's saying, I'm going to open up the grave. I'm going to bring you out of exile. I'm going to give you life again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh my people, you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 14, I will put my spirit in you and you will live again. You will live again. <laughs> I'm going to say it one more time. You will live again. Yay. Not because of your own strength. Not because of your own cleverness. Not because you can hatch a plan. No. The precursor is, God says, I will put my spirit in you. We have an expectation. Revival is coming. God is going to pour out his spirit again in a whole fresh way. So as I land our time together this morning... I want you to be stirred up. I want you to combine this message 
with the wind of the Spirit that's blowing over you right now. In fact, there's going to be a sign in some of you where you live. There's actually going to be like a sudden gust of wind uh, through the house. There's going to be a sign that God is breathing life and hope and resurrection into your situation. The land, for us, it, it, it metaphorically is speaking of the inheritance, the prophetic word, the promises that God has spoken to you. He says, I'm going to bring you into that place, that land. God has spoken words long ago in your childhood. They've not yet come about. Come on, hold on to those things. God's saying, I'm going to breathe on them. I'm going to breathe on you. I'm going to bring restoration. I'm going to restore back to the land. I'm going to bring revival. I'm going to breathe my spirit into you. Hallelujah. Valley of dry bones. No matter how tough your health, your finances, your business, relationships, marriage, your kids, doesn't matter what the dry bones may be. Even if you felt, I'm hopeless, this situation is too far gone. The Lord wants to encourage you and strengthen you today. I'm doing a new thing. I'm going to breathe my spirit into you. Come on, I'm going to pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us. That you are the one who breathes life and hope. We thank you, Lord, that we can declare life. Come alive in Jesus' name. Release Ruach of God. Wind of God, would you blow powerfully. Blow into my life. Blow through my life. Blow through this place again. Blow through this nation again. Work powerfully. Lord, would you breathe into the economy? Would you breathe into politics? Would you breathe into the health department? Would you breathe into our city? Would you breathe into my family? Breathe, O oh breath of God. In the name of Jesus, we declare life and hope. That valley, which once was a valley of dry bones, is now a valley of overcoming mighty soldiers for the King of Kings, the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Oh, I just bless you with a fresh infusion of hope and life. Your bones coming to life again. Because He rules and He reigns over it all. Oh, come on. Let's just erupt in praise and worship. Let's lift our hearts. Come on. Let's worship.